Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue, just west of the Cherryville Mall. Now here is Pastor John Sprecher with today's message. Thank you, Pastor Marty. Appreciate it. Bless you, my friend. Hey, welcome to my workshop. All right. Grabbed a few things out of the garage this morning, just to, or yet, no, not this morning, but this week, just to help us a little bit with an illustration. Good to be here. It was uh, five, six years ago already, my goodness. And uh, I limped out, literally. Uh, I'd had, uh, we, we had, Pastor Jared was, was voted on, on, I think it was September 28th. Two weeks later, I had a sciatic thing that hit me, and uh, it was terrible. I Literally, I was preaching, hanging my foot over the edge of the pulpit, you know, just hanging on for dear life, and, and uh, the first Sunday of January of 2015, when uh, Pastor Jared was uh, receiving the staff that I was able to pass to him, I, I made it on the platform, I made it off the platform. And uh, there was a reception going on. I got to the back row. I just sat there, and that was it. So I, I kind of almost, I crawled out. But the Lord was good and uh, had a fusion and uh, doing great, no limitations, and been around the world a few times and doing a few other things, and always good to be home and be with you. It's been kind of a crazy season. I think since the middle of July, I've been in 13 churches, different places, mostly in the Midwest, and uh, trying to get open, trying to do our thing, and trying to put it all together. But the Lord continues to help us. It's been a, been a challenging time. I mean, it's, it's like recently, here from this congregation, we've had um, just recently Steve DeGutis and before him, Jim DeVoe. Uh, those two uh, COVID deaths kind of hit me a little bit because that's, they were my exact age. We all graduated high school the same time, 1966. And, and uh, so you kind of feel that a little bit when they're, they're your contemporaries, if you will. And uh, Becky and I had COVID uh, in the end of October, but we had mild cases, thank the Lord, and uh, fully recovered. And some of our kids did and some of our grandkids did, but uh, we thank the Lord for health and his recovery and his grace to us. So this morning, I want to share just a few things. And uh, it's a message that has come uh, to you a few times, I think, on hope and, and it's one of those, those uh, subjects that just has to keep stirring in our hearts. And, and what I want to share this morning, I trust will be helpful to you because we want to go beyond just a, a hope that is kind of an empty, I hope so kind of hope, but something that has some reality and some, some dynamic to it that will continue. And, and, and really, you know, one of the things that, that I, I shared with our family yesterday, we did our Christmas yesterday, and and the Lord just kind of dropped in my heart, and simply, I called it, but God, but God. Where would we be but God, huh? Had it not been for His grace and His mercy. And, and we, as most of us here Gentiles, we were strangers to the covenants of promise, as Scripture says, but Christ. We who were far off have been brought near because of Christ. We who had no hope have been given hope. And really, Christmas 
is not only the celebration of the Christ child coming, but it's also the celebration of God reaching down to us who had no hope, who had no claim, who had no ability to come to God, who had no call of God, who had no hope in our lives. The, the Jewish family, the chosen people as it were, they at least had the sense that somehow God would give them some hope somewhere along the way. Somewhere God would respond. And even while they're in captivity, Jeremiah writes in, in 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I have toward you, thoughts of good and evil, to give you a future and a hope to a people who were in captivity, who a people who were difficult. But we had no hope. And yet God came and brings us hope. We who were strangers brought near. So let me take you to Romans chapter 15 today. There's a, a verse that is just one of my favorite verses, and uh, it's, it's a descriptive verse. Let's read it together, shall we? Now may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's do it again. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where I want to get focused today, that we may abound in that hope through the power of His Holy Spirit. As we complete this Advent season, we, we recognize what God has given us in Christ. Incredible gift. So, God is our source of hope. He's the one who is the initiator. It's not something that we bring up within ourselves, but it's something that God has released to us because he is described here as the God of hope. That's part of his character. God is love. God is truth. God is hope. He is one who is, by his very nature, by his very character, one who gives us that hope. And the scriptures become very important to us because in the scriptures, we have the records of people who have discovered the hope of God in the life circumstances that they have been living. So we have one who is the, giving us the stories. Look what it says in the early part of this chapter. The things that were written, verse 4, were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. If God could do it for one of them, He can do it for us. If God could do it in the past, He can do it in the future. If God can get us through difficult times, and, and we see others who have made it, we could say God can do it for us as well. It's a call for us to not just look at the circumstance, but a call for us to look up and see the God who is the God of hope that gives us a different perspective on what we're saying. I, I, I love Psalm 73. It's one of the most honest psalms in my perspective. It's just the, the psalmist saying some things that just come right out of his heart. He, he says, uh, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart, but as for me. <laughs> I almost stumbled. I almost came out of the way. I, I, I looked around and I saw that it seemed like everybody else was doing well, and even worse than that, all the evil people are doing better than the believing people. How does that work out? And the, and the psalmist is struggling with that issue of how is it that, that my neighbor who doesn't care about God, he's got a bigger boat, he's got a nicer car, he's got a bigger house, he doesn't seem to get sick, he doesn't seem to have any problems, and then there's me. And in the middle of the psalm, everything changes. 
until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I saw their end. He realized that we're not living just for these 50, 70, 150 years, however long we live. We're not just living for the earthly years, we're living for the eternal years. We're living for something beyond it. And, and the psalmist ends that psalm by saying, Whom have I in heaven but you? You hold me by my right hand and afterward you will receive me into your glory. See, that's, that's, that's a sense that it's a different perspective when we begin to look from God's side instead of just from our side. So here, God who is that source of hope, we, we see in the scriptures those things that come to us. So we serve this God of patience and comfort, this one who, who is with us, who is helping us. He, he's, he's giving us some instruction even. The God of patience, verse 5 of, of, of Romans 15, the God of patience and comfort grant to you to be like-minded toward one another, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ has received us to the glory of God. The relational connections that he calls us to have. We're, we're not all, all uh, going to be thinking exactly the same thoughts, but we can all have the mind of Christ. We can all have the same end in mind. We can all have the same uh, desire in mind. It's kind of like when we uh, go about life. I, I, I enjoy sometimes just watching people in the grocery store. And, you know, you, what, what goes in the cart? And you could kind of look at the carts and you could kind of get an idea what the menu might be at somebody's house. You know, if it's, if it's a lot of, uh, of TV dinners, you know we don't have a great cook. Uh, or we don't have a lot of time, one of the two. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, and and if you, there's a lot of, a lot of snacks, food. Uh, we know you can make some other judgments. And, and then, you know, there's, there's like when, when we were young and first married and poor and almost destitute, it was terrible. No, <laughs> God always took care of us. But I grew up on the farm. And I grew up with my grandfather who always taught us you don't eat that axle grease oleo stuff you eat butter <laughs> and we might have had less in the cart but we always had butter because we were committed to America's Dairyland and Wisconsin where I was born although about 15 years in we started using imperial we all got crowns, and <laughs> but we're back to butter. I mean, you know what I said. But you, you learn. You see different things. So we, 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 we all have the same goal, though. We go to the grocery store to get food to eat, right? Might be different, but it's all the food that we want to eat. We all have different perspectives on how we're going to, to go through life. But all of us can agree on some things. May not agree on all the politics may not agree on all the things that are going on in our society, but we can agree that God deserves the glory and the honor. We can agree that it is only to Him that we are accountable. We can agree that we are called to love one another because He loved us first. We can agree that we're going to relate to one another because He related to us. We can agree that there are some things that are not negotiable and that includes that we will love one another, we will care for one another, we will love each other to, to the day we see him to his honor and to his glory. That's what he's called us to. So what do we do? We need to realize our trust is in the one who reigns over the Gentiles. 
not over the politicians and the other leaders. It is he who is on the throne. It is he who deserves the glory. It is he who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is who we relate to. I could say a lot more and I won't. Let me give you this. Hope or fear is activated by what we believe. Hope is where we trust and believe in God. Fear is when we don't. It's as simple as that. One of the amazing Old Testament stories is the, the story of Israel as they're about to the promised land. And Moses sends in 12 spies, one from every tribe. And they go spend 40 days in the land, going through the land, and they come back with the report. And they come back with some of the fruit of the land, some incredible things that are evidence that this is a good land and it's a wonderful land. But 10 of the spies got the wrong perspective. Ten of the spies saw the giants, and they didn't see God. They saw the enemy, but they didn't see the victor. They saw the wrong thing. They were looking at the giants instead of looking at God. But here's, here's the, it's, it's from Numbers chapter 13, and here's what it says. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So here these guys say, when we looked at those guys, we felt like grasshoppers. And then they projected something that they shouldn't have projected. They projected on these big dudes that they assumed, yes, these are a bunch of little grasshoppers. We're going to squash them, and they'll be done. Fast forward 40 years. We get two spies now go into Jericho. They get to the house of Rahab, and listen to what Rahab said to these guys. The fear of you is upon all of us in the land because we heard how God opened the sea and brought you out of Egypt and all that God has done. So the fear of you is upon us. So the spies projected upon the giants great confidence when in fact they were living in great fear. The enemy is only given power when we give it to him. The enemy only has a right to intimidate us when we allow him to. The enemy doesn't own that. We give it to him. Because we who are the people of God, who are called by God, have the confidence of God. And we are not grasshoppers. We are giant slayers. That's who God's called us to be. That's who we are. And too often we give away that confidence and that assurance. You see, we can never forget the God factor, but God, but God. In fact, 45 years after the first event, Caleb and Joshua, who had been the two that declared God's ability and victory, 
are the only two that are allowed to survive and go into the land. And Caleb now says, give me that mountain where they've got iron chariots and giants. It's mine. And he goes and he takes it, 85 years old. And of course, David and Goliath, you know the story there. A lion and a bear tried to take away his sheep, and I took him out. I ripped that jaw open away from that bear or that lion. <laughs> Our daughter Rachel and Brad, and they have a, have a little dog, Mitzi. And she's a whatever they call him. She's a Chihuahua Pomeranian. So, Chihuahua or well, I don't know, whatever. Cute little dog. Mitzi, fun little dog. Little thing about eight pounds, thinks she's about 80 pounds, and that she can take on anything. I mean, when she, and, and I guess that's a characteristic of these dumb things. They, they, they will go after whatever they could go after. And, and so, just this fall, Rachel, her house, opens the door, and Mitzi goes flying out across the street to where somebody is walking this big Doberman or some kind of giant dog. And that dog got a hold of Mitzi and has Mitzi, little Mitzi, in his mouth. He's going to kill the dog. And Rachel charges out, grabs the dog, rips the jaws open, pulls the dog out, and Mitzi's alive. You know, I mean, she ends up with surgery and uh, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. But, I mean, Rachel's, I don't know how I did that. I think it was kind of like David in the bear in line. Ripped that dog out of there. You're not taking this one. You're not taking my dog. <laughs> Every once in a while, I think we need to be doing that, huh? You're not taking my kid. You're not taking my job. You're not taking my situation. Uh, I, God is with me. And if God is with me, I have hope. And we're going to get it done. Well, you need to move on. What does hope give us? Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. We sing it at Christmas, at Christmas time. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. We sing, you know, peace on earth. We see all of that. But those things, it says, are activated by our faith. Fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. It's as we believe, as we trust him. It's when we are willing to be rejoicing in hope and patient in the middle of our tribulation. Romans 12, 12. Let me, let me take you to it. Listen to what he says. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Rejoicing in hope. In the middle of the tribulation and the difficulty, what do we do? We are going to rejoice in hope. In Habakkuk chapter 3, he says, even if there's no seed in the barn, even if there's no crop in the field, I will still rejoice in my God. Those things don't change God's character. Many times we, we identify God primarily by the things that we have physically rather than recognize the things he's doing in our hearts and our lives and the spirit and the transformational work that he does. So what does he give us? Peace. Peace with God in a relationship with God. Billy Graham's little 
booklet, Steps to Peace with God. Recognize my need, accept my Savior, repent of my sin, believe and trust Him. When I have peace with God, I can have the hope of God. Now we're given a future and a hope in the place of a hopeless fatalism, huh? Paul says, if, if only in this life we have hope, we're of all men most pitiful. 1 Corinthians 15. If, if this is all we're living for, why should we sacrifice? Why should we discipline ourselves? Why should we, we, we say no to the flesh? Why should we do things differently than the world? Why not eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we may die? Paul said, if that's only in this life all we've got, then... Yeah, live it up. But we're not living for this life. We're preparing for another life. We're preparing for a future and a hope. We're preparing for something that is yet to come. We're getting ready for what God has for us. People who are just embracing death and oblivion without hope will be hopeless. A lot of people in this world, and, and I, I've shared it earlier this summer, but in this whole pandemic thing, that the thing that's disturbed me most is that we lost so many lives. And that's the, the verbiage that's used. We lost lives, we lost lives, we lost lives, meaning that we supposedly could have saved them. But the reality, friends, we are not going to live here forever. We are not going to be here forever. And we're going to be facing an eternity and we need to be ready for it. Death is not the end of life, it's a transition of life. We're going to that place where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, no more crying. That place where there is hope beyond what we can see or we will ever know. Now we're not, we're not trying to transition that quickly. We're saying, well boy, I, I want to go today. Well, so may be there, but if God's got you here, he's got you here for a reason. And if you're here today, it's because he's still at work through you and in you. Now, what I, what I believe affects how I think, which affects how I live. The thoughts that I have, the things that I'm thinking about, the things that I focus on are the things that are going to affect how I live. But let me get to what I, I need to, to leave us with today. We are empowered, he says, we're empowered to live in hope by abounding in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are abounding in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The hope that we have and that we live in is a result of a relational situation that we have with the Holy Spirit. It's not just what I come up with. It's not just my thoughts. But it's we abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the same word that is used in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It's the word dunamis in the, in the Greek. It, it refers to strength, power, ability. And it's an English root word for a couple of things. Dynamite, dynamo, lots of different words that come from it. Power to witness, power to live in hope. But here's, here's the reality. For some of us as Pentecostals, the work of the Holy Spirit, the engagement of the Holy Spirit, 
is seen as a, an ecstatic experience with God where we have this encounter. Maybe we speak in tongues and, and, and we have this incredible, wonderful feeling and it doesn't last long. It's kind of like this. Whoop, then I break it. I had a great illustration here. There it is. <laughs> it's the dynamite. Boom. And then Monday comes, and it's over. And we wait till hopefully, another time when we might have another experience. Like God's called us to a different thing. The dynamo is the thing that keeps going. It has more life than just an explosive moment. It's something that God is doing. Now, a dynamo is not something that's a perpetual motion machine. It needs to be refired and refilled, and that's part of what happens when we gather together. We have that, that new encounter. It's what happens when we read the Word and we come to know Him better. It comes when we're praying and we refresh what's going on. But it's something that continues to go and isn't just that explosive moment, but the power of the Holy Spirit is something that God is doing that is at work in us as we continue to allow Him to flow in us. And the abounding in hope comes through the power of the Holy Spirit and the dynamic work of His Spirit that is a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly thing that continues on in our lives. God wants that dynamic dynamo to be a part of us. Not that just sudden experience, blessed as it may be, but that ongoing thing of God's work in us. It's that not just the, the, the tongues, but it's the prayer. It's the work of the Spirit. It's the expression of the Spirit into who God is. It's that, that praying in the Spirit. It's that allowing the Spirit to continue to flow through me. It's that, that work of conversation. It's like the psalmist said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. And in the hope of God, there is a renewal and there is a life and there's a refreshing that comes because of that. It's that hope for the unseen, creation groaning within itself, saying, oh God, will you come? Will you move? So what do we do? We're called to live and walk in the Spirit. Having a lifestyle in the Spirit that provides motivation to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but it provides motivation to go to the cross regularly and allow that cross to bring us into a place of intimacy with God where we can say, not my will, but yours be done. Not my, my desires, but yours be done. It is His work in us, His call to activate His Spirit daily, allowing that continual work. Jesus said, I have to leave so that He can come. Jesus was limited to be with them. And he said, I'm going back to the Father, but the one I'm sending is not limited to time and space, but he will be with you wherever you are. He will continue to be at work in you. He will walk with you. He will see you through those dark places. He will see you through the difficult places. He will see you in every place because he's the God who causes us to abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to remember God is for us. We sang about it today. But I love what Romans tells us, Romans chapter 8. What shall we say then to these things? To COVID, to unemployment, to sickness, even to death. What shall we say to these things if God is for us? 
who can be against us? What shall we say to these things? Another three people murdered in our city. But God is still for us. God is still with us. Because he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Who? What? Because I'm living in hope with the God of hope. Show tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. You know, sometimes I read those words, some of those who experience those things. Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, gives us all of the dynamic victories, but some unwilling to deny their faith, would not allow themselves to deny him and ended up in all kinds of things. They were sawn asunder. They were destroyed. They, you read the martyrs, more martyrs in this last century than in all this period of time before. People who have not enjoyed some of the freedoms that we have, and yet, can any of those things, being destitute, being persecuted, even being naked, meaning I'm without anything, ashamed, exposed. Now, even in those things, even in those things, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for this slaughter, and yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors, more than conquerors through him who loved us, that we may abound in hope because he is at work in us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now may the God of hope, may the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit, the dynamic that keeps on going, the work of God that doesn't get slowed down by difficulty but accelerates in the challenge, because he is at work in us. Father, thank you that you are at work in us. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit given to us. Lord, not just to be a feel-good experience, but Lord, to be a life-transforming force within us. Lord, I pray for us today. Lord, I pray that in the face of every difficulty, every circumstance, every situation,
May we abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for some in the room today who are, are, are needing a refreshing from your Spirit. Father, I just pray today, would you visit us? For those who are watching online, for those, Lord, wherever we might find ourselves at this moment, Lord, we thank you that you are at work. Lord, you're not limited by anything but our unbelief. May you abound in hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Lord, help us. Lord, we would say with the man of old, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, you know the doubts, you know the challenges, you know the times when we wonder, oh God, are you there? Are you present? And somehow we know you're there. We may not feel you all the time, but we thank you that you're there. But may we abound in the hope through your power of your spirit. So we remain praying for just a moment. It just, I think almost every time I've preached everywhere, I don't know everybody today. I don't know where you are with God. But it may be that you need to take that first step and say, I'm willing to trust God. I've tried it my own way. I've tried everything else. <laughs> so thankful yesterday in our conversations with our family and one of our grandsons who said, I, I was going my own way. Somewhere in his freshman year of college, God just got his attention and he said, it's not been working for me. He put his trust in Christ. Now he's heading out for being a missionary. His father, blessed. Maybe you're in a room today and you've been trying it your own way. And you're ready to say, God, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust. Anyone, as we just pause a moment, you lift a hand and say, oh, that's me. Anyone in the room, young, old? First time, many times. Let me ask you a second question then. You've been struggling with this whole issue of hope and things around us have gotten your attention and you know right now it needs to be focused back on God, the God of hope. I mean, say, yeah, that's me today. You'd lift a hand and say, please pray. I want to close by praying for us. Anyways, we pause a moment. Father, we thank you that you are the God of hope. And Lord, I pray that you would fill us fresh and new with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we may abound in hope through the power of your Spirit. I pray, Lord, as we have come to the end of a year, this last Sunday, Lord, as we prepare for a new year, we look forward to better and bless things. But Lord, we thank you that you've been with us and you continue to walk with us. Go with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God's grace be blessed as you go. Great to be with you today. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.